it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. You know, I got to tell you something. The mission of the show is clear, is to help you stretch every dollar. And so that requires a lot of general advice and precision answers. And there are times that you may disagree with the advice I give or the answers I supply to someone whose question I'm answering on the air. And I need to hear from you when you feel I've missed the mark. And that's why we have this forum called Clark Stinks. At Clark.com, you go there, you can post your beef with me, others can read it, post comments to it, add their own new beef, and Krista, our producer, once a week, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, I'm going to start gently with this one that begins, Clark does not really stink. However, he made it sound like healthcare sharing ministries might be busted by a super expensive patient's health problem. I don't know about all of them, but mine has a commercial reinsurance behind it to cover up for to cover for catastrophic events, but I don't know that they have ever had to use it. We've used it many times for regular medical events and it really works well for us. That's fantastic. And uh, reinsurance is a very important hidden part of the insurance market for all different kinds of insurance and it deals with the backstop of extreme risk that can happen in the case of healthcare from a major illness. If you're not aware of what we're talking about, you can join a faith-based healthcare plan that costs a fraction of normal healthcare, they are health coverage. They are not the equivalent of normal health coverage but are far, far cheaper to insure your family or, in some cases, your small business. So this is um, talking about your emphasis on FICO scores. So I'm happy to say that I paid off my mortgage, I don't have any student loans or car loans, and I pay off my credit cards each month. And despite all that, my FICO dropped below 800 for the first time in over 15 years because I don't have any more mortgage payments. It shows how flawed the scoring is, and it annoys me that we all have to play according to their rules. And I understand why it's important to a consumer. Without a high FICO score, you can't get a loan. But FICO doesn't take into consideration how much you make or your net worth, only how much debt you have and how you can manage it. And thanks to these clowns, we run the risk of having our data and social security compromised, all because they contain a file on our payment history, which we never agreed for them to maintain. Clark, I hope that every listener makes it a goal to avoid having to make a decision primarily as to whether it will affect their FICO score. For example, if I cut up my credit card, will it affect my FICO score? Yes, and who cares? Instead, make it a goal to be debt-free and manage your money responsibly, and hopefully one day you will have the financial independence that it won't matter what your FICO score is. My score is the lowest it has been in over a decade, yet I'm completely debt-free and my net worth is considerably more than it was a decade ago. And that's the only thing that should matter. I appreciate that through and through. And I always feel bad when I talk with someone 
talk them through the steps of how to manipulate their credit score. And the thing is, we are playing by the credit reporting agencies and FICO's rules when we do that. And the reason you have to do that, even if you're not interested in ever taking out a mortgage again, ever having a car loan, any of those things, is that so many other things are affected by your credit score, such as the auto insurance you can get, the homeowner's insurance you can get. Uh, There are so many facets of our lives that are affected by this arbitrary system that really does harm you in its scoring model when you have gone from having a mortgage to mortgage debt-free, when you buy cars that you can buy for cash instead of taking out a loan, and it's just the way the system works. But if your credit score is upper 700s, you're just fine, and it is irrelevant that you dropped out of the 800s. Hey, Clark, you give wonderful advice when it comes to stock funds, but you really stink when it comes to bond funds. There are so many options, intermediate, government, inflation protected, etc., and you don't provide advice on how to break up investments among bond funds. Unfortunately, I don't have access to index funds and can only adjust my portfolio among a handful of funds. Where can I find information on how to get a proper mix of bond funds? Thanks, Patrick from Norfolk. Patrick, without knowing your specific situation, I can only give the most general piece of advice, and that is that the sweet spot of the bond market right now in an era of rising interest rates is shorter-term bond funds at longest intermediate-term bond funds, and you take on enormous risk right now if you go in a long-term bond fund because they are by far the most sensitive to interest rates. Bond funds the general advice of bond funds changes based on the interest rate environment in the economy. As for tax-free municipal bonds, right now for those, they're not quite as interest-sensitive in an era of rising interest rates as corporate or treasuries. But even with municipal bond funds, it's to your advantage right now to go intermediate or shorter because of the interest rate risk affecting the value of your bond funds. But you mentioned um, you mentioned also inflation-protected bond funds and I-bonds. So I am a big believer in certain situations and in owning inflation-adjusted treasuries, but it depends on the individual situation. And if someone calls me and asks a question, I can answer it specifically as best I can for their situation on the bond fund mix. Dear Clark, I take issue with your comments about how iPhones cost so much. Unlike your brand new Android phone you brag about, most of us budget-minded iPhone users buy used. My iPhone SE with 32 gigs cost me about 150 bucks on eBay. The simplicity of an iPhone is far more user-friendly than most other operating systems and is less likely to get hacked. You speak of budgets, but you drive a Tesla and spend money every year sending your kids to private schools. Have you no faith in public schools? You give big kudos to all hybrids, but in the long run, most long-distance commuters are far better off with a small sedan that sells for half the price of a hybrid. Do the math. Most electric cars are tied to less than 100-mile trips. What local shop in a small town can service your hybrid anyway? 
So I guess you park the beast and rent a gas guzzler when you want to get out of town. Budgets are great, but the best budget is not to spend at all if you don't have to. Clark deals or not. Yours truly, cheap on the Emerald Coast, Lewis just killing it driving a Cavalier 2004 with 337,000 miles. Lewis, uh, there are certain things you said that I would disagree with, but your overall method of living your life and how you spend money is great. That you're driving a 2004 automobile, a 14 model year old vehicle is great. The car is fully depreciated out. The cost of your transportation is extremely low. Buying a used iPhone, when uh, Krista, you first started reading that, I thought you were reading something from my 12-year-old son, <laughs> who's all about buying a used iPhone and thinks that's the only way anybody should ever go in the iPhone orbit. I need to have him hang around my 12-year-old son more. <laughs> so uh, on the issue of the Tesla, anybody could tell you on my crew that the Tesla is completely removed and outside my normal character. It is something that uh, was an unexpected thing on my part, but I so much believe we need to embrace an oil-free future, ultimately, in the United States. It'll create a much more powerful position for the United States versus countries in the world that are our adversaries that I believe through and through about electric vehicles and what tesla did was turn it from being a not very interesting boring appliance into a very very exciting fun to drive vehicle what i say about my tesla is that every time i get in it it feels like it's my birthday and you pay cash well i did pay cash but it's still a ridiculous amount of money to pay for a car hi clark i'm a longtime listener I heard you promote Wise Camera many times. I understand that from a financial point of view, the camera is very attractive, but you may unknowingly be encouraging people to open their doors to Chinese or Russian government-sponsored spying. What I have learned by analyzing network traffic is that the videos get routed through Chinese and Russian IPs. I have no 100% surety on this, but it is better to be safe. The $20 to $40 price range in free cloud storage makes no business sense if it is not a government-sponsored spying attempt. I love your show, but hate this advice. Thank you, Joe. Joe, I appreciate that. And you may have missed me talking about that in generalities that the question with any of these cameras at our homes or small businesses is that you don't know where the video is ultimately going and what I said about that is that there's nothing interesting enough in my life or most of our lives that we're just looking for home security and to get an alert when there may be an intruder at our house. And so I really haven't cared about the possibility that there's some kind of spying element to these cameras from really any manufacturer. Clark, you failed to inform your listeners that DirecTV Now does not have an app for smart TVs and requires adding a device like Amazon Fire or Apple TV. While they offer, at this time, a free device to interface it, it only supports one TV. I would assume that most homes have more than one TV. I have five Samsung smart TVs, and adding four more Apple TV units would cost nearly $600. You need to make your listeners understand this. 
By the way, YouTube TV has an app but lacks the number of stations. Hope AT&T can catch up with an app and cloud recording. Love your show. I listen to your pods when sleep is difficult. Sorry. Yes, you put me to sleep. I love that. See, think about that. Pharmaceuticals to put you to sleep (laughs) or me to put you to sleep. That is so much better. There's no bad side effects with me putting you to sleep. I can be habit forming just like those pharmaceuticals. (laughs) But as to the Apple TV thing, absolutely, positively do not spend money on Apple TV. If you're looking for devices for multiple TVs, you can buy very affordable Roku's, which are vastly superior to Apple TV, for as little as $25. And you can also look at the Amazon Fire Sticks that are not as good as the Roku, but are similar in price. So the the pricing you're looking at for adding gateway devices to your TVs, the problem is the solution you see, which is Apple TV. Forget Apple TV. If you think of it this way, if you think of Apple products as being all about the simplicity of use, Roku is the Apple of TV streaming as a much simpler, easier-to-use device and cheaper than Apple's own product. I appreciate all your posts. And by the way, on the uh, YouTube.tv The channel lineup has just increased significantly, and it has the unlimited DVRs with it. You may find that that is a better choice than DirecTV now. I want to hear from you. Go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know how I can serve you better with better answers, better information. Aaron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how are you? Great. Thank you, Aaron. Are congratulations in order for you? Yes, I was just recently married in February. Oh, that's great. How are you enjoying married life? I'm doing well. Good. Um, just came back from the honeymoon and now getting down to the real life business, getting my name changed and all that. Where'd you go exciting for your honeymoon? Italy. Oh. Specifically. Oh, I love Italy. It was gorgeous. Wow. My brother and his wife uh, lived in Italy part-time last year, and it was cheaper for them than living in the United States. Oh, wow. Enough about your great honeymoon that makes me jealous. How can I serve (laughs) you? (laughs) I'm looking into getting my name changed and um, just exploring all the options. And I've never heard of it before, but there are these companies where basically you pay for a package, and they have different levels of packages, um, and you pay and give them the necessary information to get your name changed. They fill out all the information and forms that you need and send them back to you, so you just hand it into the Social Security office. So the only one I'm aware of that does that, there may be others, is Hitch Switch. Is that the one yeah. you've seen, or is there a different one? That's the one I found, but um, I I did find another one since I inquired about Hitch Switch. All right, so Hitch Switch, uh, you're you're paying them to do stuff that potentially you could do yourself, but yes. it can be a big time suck and a pain to do it yourself. So it's it's like almost anything else where 
you have to value your time versus the money versus the hassle factor. So if you use yeah. their most basic thing, it's roughly 30 bucks. And if you use their fanciest, it's, um, what is it, like $90, $100? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, that's there's nothing scammy about or anything like that. It's just a matter of you deciding if the convenience is worth 30 to $90. True. So Yeah, I, that's, I wasn't sure if it, it, it seemed trustworthy. Oh, I, no I issue just, with that. I mean, a lot of people have asked me about it. I've said, well, you know, you can do this yourself. And they'll say, well, I, I really don't want to spend the time or deal with the bureaucratic hassle. And that's yeah. how you end up with people buying a service like this. And if you would like to try it, I think it's fine. No problems I know of at all with it in any way. I'm so glad to have you with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I am so excited about something that so many people hate. We're changing our clocks in most of America this weekend. Going to daylight saving time. Now, I would prefer that we go back to what we had in the early 70s. I know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, when we had year-round daylight saving time, that basically the whole U.S. moved forward one hour so that we'd have more daylight later in the day and have darkness a lot of the year when people would be asleep anyway. But every year at this time, there's all the people who whine about the lost hour of sleep. And then there are the reports about how people get groggy and they may have more accidents and on and on and on. But do I love this switch over? Because for me, I'm, you know, I get mild sad. You know, sad, that's when during winter darkness you feel not as cheerful or you may be down from the darkness. And I just despise darkness. If I could, I would live Southern Hemisphere during our winter and Northern Hemisphere during our summer and have daylight all the time in my life. So I know, I know you're going to lose that hour of sleep Saturday night, but it's okay. Just think about Sunday when you have all that extra daylight in the afternoon, more time to go jogging, go for a walk, go to a park, play tennis, play golf, uh, throw frisbee, play disc golf, go somewhere with your dog, your kids. If you have no kids, borrow somebody's kids and go somewhere to a park or something. I mean, this is something that we should embrace and you know for me because i travel all the time for our show and i'm crossing time zones all the time i'm always changing the clock and what i try to do when i travel is i stay on the time zone of where i live instead of where i've traveled to 
go to bed. If I'm uh, crossing time zones, I, I try to adjust where I am to sleep on the cycle that I'd sleep at home. In this change, all it means is you set an alarm clock on Sunday to help you adjust so that Monday you will adjust because one hour is really easy to adjust to. So embrace the change. Love the change. Love the sunlight because it really is great. I was so excited when the Congress last decade expanded daylight saving time by a month, three weeks at the beginning, one week extended at the end, and gave us one more month of it. Can't we go all in now and go year-round? Gene joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Gene. Hi, Clark. How are you thank doing? You Very well, thank you. So are you one of those naysayers who gripes about changing your clock this weekend? No, I'm like you. I love the sunshine. I love the daylight. So I'm all for it. Well, great. Thanks for agreeing with me. <laughs> How can I be of service to you, Jean? Our 14-month-old grandson is earning money as a child model, and his parents are putting the money in his bank account. And I was wondering what other options are available to invest the money. Right. That is a lost opportunity to put it in a savings account because the real advantage that your 14-year-old grandson has is he can open a Roth IRA now because his parents can open a custodial Roth and the money will grow tax-free for the next 65 years and then be spent tax-free by your grandson when he's in retirement. It is the greatest deal that a child model or child actor has over the rest of us. Ah. Is that from a very young age... Uh, my middle child did a commercial when she was six weeks old for a um, laundry detergent, I think it was. And as soon as I got her money, it all went in a Roth IRA. And that money has been growing quite nicely. She's 18 now, and she's got a really nice dollar amount Roth at this point. So how much money has your grandson earned? He's done it three times. He gets $125 an hour, and there's a minimum of two hours. So, so far, $750. Okay, so he can open a Roth IRA. Well, actually, he can't at 14 months because he wouldn't know how to fill out the paperwork, and you have to have yeah. a custodian anyway. But his parents can open a Roth and... The minimum, Joel, we just went through this recently. Who is it we can open that Roth for under $1,000? Because most places require 1000 And so he can do so at a website called Betterment.com. Oh. So the minimum to open that Roth is $0. So he'd be just fine with the... $750 to open that. Thank you so much. And that is a great, great opportunity. He's got gets more jobs 
you can just keep adding money to that Roth, and then you've got, I mean, who else gets tax-free growth b- before their second birthday? <laughs> Pretty good stuff, huh? It's great, yes. That's great. So, you know, everybody says that their grandkids are the most beautiful. You may have one that's in that category. You know, he's so sweet. His face just shines with happiness, and he smiles at everyone. Oh, that is so great. Well, congratulations to you, Jean. Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. So, Mary, you want to retire at an age that most people would envy so much, you being able to bag work. Yes, I do. Good but for I don't you. Know how, I don't know how to get past the insurance piece, health insurance. Right. So what advice do you have so that I can retire at 55 or earlier um, and not use up all my retirement savings on health insurance? So the health insurance piece is brutally difficult. No doubt, no question. The, the one way you can handle it that seems to be something that if you're in a position that you can do early retirement, this may work well for you, okay. is to do a high-deductible HSA-eligible health, health insurance plan. Are okay. you familiar with how HSA-eligible plans work? Um, yes, I actually have a, a high-deductible insurance plan, and we do have an HSA. Um, so we, we've been using that. So are you throwing the max you can into the HSA each year? I am. Great. So you're building up a tax-free reserve, and you get typically a benefit putting money in. It grows Mm -hmm. tax-free, and it's spent tax-free. But the big advantage for you retiring at 55 is as long as you stay um, pretty healthy, don't spend any money out of the HSA for your deductibles. Okay. If you can at all do it, because the advantage of the HSA money becomes massive for you later in your life when you're going to have medical bills that become unavoidable, you've got that out-of-pocket cost, the HSA becomes this great source of tax-free cash to use for those unreimbursed expenses. Okay. So so where do we look for insurance plans when we get to 55 and we're able to retire? How many years away is your, your point you'll be 55? Um, about seven and a half years. And what's going on with health care in the United States, seven and a half years might as well be 7,000 years. True. It's completely unclear how we're going to be doing um, individual purchase of health insurance even two years from now. So if you were telling me, I'm going to retire tomorrow, I would tell you that you would buy at healthcare.gov under the Obamacare rules where you would be able to buy. But what things will look like seven and a half years from now, who knows? And we're going to have to come up with a completely different way of providing healthcare in the United States because there's no consensus among the Republicans and Democrats together how to handle healthcare. And one thing that's clear about healthcare, it's so complex, 
that it can't be a one-party decision. It's got to be something where the two parties eventually learn to talk to each other. Okay. So I can't plug that piece in for you seven and a half years out, but in the intervening years where through your employer you have the HSA-eligible plan, I can tell you you're doing something very valuable for yourself if you just keep funding that HSA up to the legal maximum each year. And as soon as you turn 50, you're able to put additional money each year into your HSA. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's kind of like a catch-up provision for the HSA. Good to know. Kind of like there is with the Roth IRA. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations that you're in a glide path to be able to bag work at 55 instead of way down the road. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. You are in your 20s and you are debt free. Is that possible? Did I get that right? Well, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm very close. But I have a couple of questions uh, for you regarding, like, investments and things like that. I'm ready. Right. So, I've, I, oh, first of all, I want to thank you for everything that you do. I've been listening to you ever since I was really young, <laughs> first of all. So, this is amazing. Um, thank you. Um, right. So, I've been hearing you recently in the past few days talk about, like, investing and things like that. Um, and. I wasn't sure if a giant monster megabank was a good option or if Never, never, never. Do not do investing at any bank. Banks may be good at handling checking accounts. They may be good at doing savings accounts. They they may be fine to get a credit card from. You do not invest at banks. Their investment products are lousy. The Mm. costs and commissions involved with them are sky high, and they should be avoided at all costs. Right. So what would be a better route to, let's say, if I wanted to go invest in stocks or do something like open a Roth or, or anything like that? What's your, uh, what's your best advice? So with a Roth, you want to be, and that's, that's your first investing you should focus on, other than making sure you have rainy day money available. Okay. And so doing a Roth is best done with, an, with a low-cost company. And the list of low-cost companies is actually growing. And I have a list for you of two different styles of low-cost investment companies for Roth IRAs on Clark.com, on my investment guide. Right. And if you're going to kick off a Roth, you're going to have much wider options at $1,000 than you will at less than $1,000. But once you've opened one with $1,000, you're free to add to it as you wish up to Mm -hmm. the annual maximum of $5,500 each year. The Roth is such a high priority, Robert, because the money not just grows tax-free, it's ultimately spent tax-free in retirement. Ah, so money to save for later. (laughs) Exactly. And so that's a real high priority for you in your mid-20s because the more money you save in your mid-20s, the easier a ride you have later in your life. Okay, so I could just check out the, uh, the list of options you have and just go ahead and open yeah. a Roth. Then. And kicking off the Roth, my favorite place for you just to stash the cash is in what's known as a target retirement fund. Oh, okay. And at your age, you would be looking at like a 2055 year that you'd be looking at for the target retirement fund. 
Right, give or take. So. <laughs> yeah, 2055, 2060, right in there. And you'll see how easy that is. You can apply for a Roth and pick the investment choice and fund it all in under 10 minutes. Andrew's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Andrew, you have found something that says you can earn 5% on your money. That's correct. In a savings account. Correct. And it is potentially true. Did it seem like a scam? It is for a company that does a lot of payday loans, so I'm thinking maybe those people aren't really interested in saving, so they could therefore offer that high rate. But uh, it's stated as 5%. I'm just wondering if there's any catches or tricks. I know... Well, until you, until you attempt to open an account, you won't know for sure. But the, the reason that they might do so is... With the account, there's a tight cap on how much money it can it can be in the account to earn that money. Correct. And they can withdraw the 5% interest rate at any time. They may actually, ironically enough, the payday lender may need money to do more payday loans. Oh. And so they would do an FDIC-insured savings account with this teaser rate to try to attract people who are willing to be lenders to the payday lender. Okay, that's hadn't thought of that. So it is, as best I know, it is something that is legit, but you want to see the terms and conditions to see what fees you might face. Yeah, they have, uh, I I think, a fee to load money onto the card, and if you don't have any activity for three months, there's a fee and there's... Oh, so let me, I should explain that. You have to buy, in order to be eligible to have the savings account, you must buy a prepaid card as well that's a fee-laden prepaid card. Yes, they so, were doing a special that I got a card for free and the initial load for free. So you would need to keep that card in good standing with as little activity that would generate fees as possible to make the accompanying savings account work for you is something that would be a deal at the five percent you're listening to the clark howard show i want you to know that i appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast that you had faith in the information and advice you get you want more information from us one of the best ways to get clark smart is with our free newsletters Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.